The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. And now it's time for the Mr. Nelson Show. So it was Thursday night, and well, you know what that means. Yes, it's time to watch another episode of STD. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, don't feel so bad about this episode. It was uh, a somewhat improvement because Tig Nataro was not in it. I'm sorry, but she just can't act. I mean, I mean, on the plus side, she does make... Uh, Michael Burnham look amazing. So the search for Spock still continues, but once again, it's interrupted by the search for Tilly. Yes, in our last episode, Tilly was consumed by a giant gelatinous turd. And we learn in this episode that it had completely deconstructed her, atom by atom, and then rebuilt her in the mycelial network. Yeah, we'll just call it Wonderland. Yes, Tilly went to Wonderland with her magical friend, May. Well, not the real May, just another reconstructed May. A lot of that goes on in this episode. So uh, in the attempt to find her, the discovery itself collides with the my silly the with Wonderland. And uh, they got to search for Tilly. And uh, meanwhile, the uh, May reveals to Tilly that they're under attack from a monster. And oh, it's all very scary. And there's all the globule stuff floating around and all that stuff. And uh, meanwhile, Captain Pike meets up with uh, Section 31. Uh, Tyler comes over and catches up with Burnham and you know, key giggle tee hee. And then uh, turns out uh, uh, Captain Pike uh, knew uh, uh, Georgiou. And Georgiou, who they thought was Spock on this shuttle, but it was just Spock's shuttle as she was looking for Spock to kill him. So they bring Georgiou over, and then Captain Pike just falls all over himself about how wonderful and amazing uh, Georgiou is because. Well, you'd better. And but he doesn't know that Georgiou is not the Georgiou he knew. No, this Georgiou is evil Georgiou from the mirror universe from last season. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's all the top secret now. And of course, uh, Burnham, her, she's mad at evil Georgiou, and evil Georgiou just literally hisses at her. Uh, so uh, the the leader of uh, the the commander, or what have you of uh, Section 31 is some old buddy of uh, Pike's and uh, Pike is like, so you're doing this dirty work now and and you think it's going to go somewhere, it doesn't here you have Anson Mount who just soaks up all the oxygen in the room just by sitting there (laughs) and not going to use him, so uh, the search continues for Tilly and uh, Stammons figures it out. So they go into the into Wonderland, and eventually they find her. But then we discover who, not what, the monster was. No, it turns out it's Doctor Culber. Yes, uh, Stammons' husband, who uh, Tyler or Vok, if you will, killed. And at the time, um, would have thought that uh, time travel or something like that would have brought him back. But no, they're going to bring him back this way. Well, when you think about it, 
he didn't really come back. This is just a reconstructed copy of him based on the mind imprint of the Stammons, who was, at the time, he was still connected with the mycelial network, and he was mourning the loss of Culver and, you know, crying and all that sort of stuff. And this led to him being reconstructed within Wonderland. Well, he didn't really fit in with Wonderland because uh, he's a foreign uh, entity, and so they, the Wonderland attacked him, and so he's been battling with them all this time and covering himself in some sort of crap that burns them. Or it, Yeah, it, they just had that laying around. And uh, But it brought probably the only good performance here because when it comes down to it, the relationship between the two is actually well done. They're a very credible couple, and the actors are pretty good at what they're doing. And... Uh, so they, they had their reunion, and then they get interrupted by Tilly and her magical friend. <laughs> and they so they so uh, Stamets is like, oh, you're back, and you're coming with me. I'm taking you back to the ship, and all this stuff. So they're going to the ship, and then oh, and I you know I thought oh well he's gonna be back on the show of course and all that. They go through the little membrane that's between the ship and you know Wonderland. And uh, Stamets walks through, but then uh, uh, Dr. Culver, his hand disappears as it goes through the, the membrane. You know, He can't leave because he's not constructed of human DNA. So why is he being reacted to as a foreign body? <laughs> yeah. Oops. Oh. <laughs> but... It was all for the emotion, which they do well. It, 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 you know, it's this, oh, no, it's terrible. He can't go with them and all this stuff. But then, oh, they figure it out. So they have this big, powerful goodbye between them, and it's terrible, and it's heart-wrenching and all this. And then, oh, Tilly figures something out. <laughs> so, um, so they need to uh, donate some human DNA and use the, the gelatinous turd cocoon to bring back, to reconstruct uh, Colbert, which it does. But again, I don't know how you don't argue this is a copy of Colbert. Now, uh, down to what I would say is Stammen's belief, but I guess if it reconstructed his brain, but I don't know, did it? Ha- it didn't have his material, so how it doesn't reconstruct anything of Colbert. So this is a, a, a version of Colbert that Stammen's knows but that's still his version of it of him and so i I don't know so of course it works he's you know born again (laughs) out of the gelatinous turd cocoon (laughs) and you get a shot of culber's butt hey how about that so he's back and everything's gonna be happy again i guess but still it's not really him if you ask me but whatever uh, and then uh, Pike and uh, Section 31 guy, I forget his name, uh, they get dressed down by the school marm admiral because men are stupid and they ha- we have to have this misandrous display. But boys, 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 oh, I'm sorry. And they had to kiss and make up and apologize. And then we're back on the road after Spock, the search for Spock. And that's how the show ends. So... Again, no Tig Notaro, so... That there's something. Plus, there's also the pretty much the confirmation that, uh, yeah, this isn't really the canon universe. Uh, that that's not being done anymore, except sort of, kind of in Norville. <laughs> so uh, they lied, and it's really hard to give it. A, had I known 
this, you know, had they presented it like this is a reboot, this is different, it's not, and stop worrying about why there's, uh, you know, the the holograms and stuff. What they throw in these lines? What for? It's a different universe. It's not the same one. It's not connecting to the original show. Stop saying it is because it can't. You know, this is some other version of it, and that would go would have gone a long way to avoid all this nastiness that happened, but it's still, it's a bad show. I mean, the stories are pretty lifeless, and uh, the performers try the best they can, but, and then uh, attacking people, calling them bigots, and all that stuff, this Ghostbusters template of how to defend your your lazy work, uh, oh boy, it's just very difficult, but that, uh, so, was this an, an okay episode? It had its moments, but other, otherwise, it, it was basically another uh, do it on the ship, which Orville just did as well, because again, sci-fi shows are very expensive, so but you know, Tilly has become almost unbearable at this point. She was a character I actually liked from the first season, but now oh, I kind of wish they didn't find her. <laughs> so, but I'm glad her imaginary friend's gone. That was getting irritating, too. So, yeah. So, one star. Yeah. Star Trek Discovery. Saint of Imperfection. <laughs> Should have been Tilly in Wonderland. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. Ah, Mr. Smith, what seems to be the problem here? Well, uh, uh, it's just hemorrhoidal flare-up, Doctor. I... It's getting to the point where I can't sit down and I can't even walk. I mean, the pain. Well, you're in luck. There's a brand new remedy for just such a situation as yours. It's called Icy Hole. Icy Hole? Yes, go ahead and pull your pants down. I'll demonstrate. All right. Yeah, you'll feel the cooling, pain-relieving sensation of Icy Hole. Wow. I can't believe how fast it is. I can't believe you still think I'm a doctor. Huh? Icy Hole, available at Walgreens, CVS, and Walmart pharmacies. Like the sound of my voice? Yes, you know you do. And you want to hear it in the best way possible. So why not get yourself some headphones and accessories from Tweaked Audio? Key features include eight colors and styles, mic'd and non-mic'd versions, designed to sound great for music and talk. Noise-reducing design with a lifetime warranty. So head over to tweakedaudio.com and use discount code Mr. Nelson at checkout for 33% off and free worldwide shipping. That's Mr. Nelson. M-R-N-A-I-L-S-I-N. It's not case sensitive, but it is all one word. That's tweakedaudio.com. Say, what you wearing there, boy? Hey, oh, this is my Bubba Stargon t-shirt. Bubba Stargon? Oh, man, is that all the characters? Is that little Mr. Spot? It sure is. Oh, man. Where can I get one? <laughs> you gotta head over to the Mr. Nelson store. Mr. Nelson store? Where that? Oh, you gotta head over to Zazzle.com, Z-A-Z-Z-L-E.com, and look up the Mr. Nelson store. Yeah, M-R-N-I-L-S-I-N. <laughs> yeah, it's just that simple. Oh, man, I'm gonna get on that and get me a Bubba Star concert. Yeah, you'll be the envy of your friends. Yeah, except you're the only one friend I got. Well, 
Uh, you'll make more with a cool shirt like it. Oh, yeah! That's right, friends. Head over to the Mr. Nelson store at Zezzle.com where you can get your Bubba Stargon shirt and other great Mr. Nelson products. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. Space opera adventure like no other. Bubba Stargon and the Uranus Patrol! In our last episode, Mr. Spot and Deputy Pollock were investigating the strange mass deaths at Moonbase Miranda when suddenly they heard a strange shrieking noise. Upon investigating, they were suddenly attacked. Scared me so bad, I put in my pants. I'm very sorry about that, but I didn't know anyone else was here. And when I heard noises, I thought you were more of the attackers. What story? What the hell happened here anyway? Well, it all started about five days ago when the men began to show signs of, of, of sickness and pain in their groins. And we began to notice severe inflammation in their testicles. Oh, That's when all the female crew members began to have psychological breakdowns and began to attack the men, demanding to, well, eat the testicles. I, I don't, that's what they said. I don't know what was going on. They tried to fight back, but the men began to succumb to the pain in their groin and were unable to, and the women were fighting them, and they were fighting back, and the life support systems got damaged, and everything just went into chaos, and, oh, and then it all got very quiet, but I didn't know what was going on out there, what to do. There was no communication beacon. I didn't know what to do. I'm just a <laughs> Yeah, well, that's really a tough story there. Yeah, sure it is. I can't help but notice you are female, and yet you seem to be perfectly well, fine. Yeah, oh, yeah. We couldn't figure that out. We could find that it's fine, but all the brothers uh-huh. The doctor suspected because of my hybrid nature that oh, I was yeah. infected by whatever this possible pathogen was. Yeah, it's probably it. Another likely story. Mm-hmm. A pathogen that just comes out of nowhere. Well, this is oh, obviously yeah. some sort of germ well, attack. I don't suspected as much, but I mean, how could it have gotten to here? Yes, unless, of course, there was... A mole? Oh, yeah, and then they stupidly got themselves killed. Serves them right. Or they were immune to it and survived. Uh, you, you don't mean me! Well, you're still alive when everyone else is dead, aren't you? Uh, well, oh, come on, God, I don't you know anything, so... Dogs are all alive! Well, and cats are always selfish, narcissistic, oh, psycho. Yeah. Oh, come on. Download of Moonbase for random data files complete. Oh, hey... I guess that means we can teleport out of here. Yes. And we'll bring Pristine Cathedral here along with us. And once we analyze the Miranda data, we'll know whether or not she should be charged with mass murder and treason. 
Meanwhile, back at Uranus Patrol Tipperary Headquarters at the Astro Cosmo Star Stop. Hey, Ludie, do you ever think of, you know, wearing a nightcap when you sleep? What? what? No. Why, why would I do that? Well, it's just, you know, your ears keep poking me in the face when you toss around in bed. Oh, God. Bubba! Hey, look, you nearly poked my eye out last oh, night. God. Well, let's hear it. Uranus Patrol. This is Admiral Johnny Ray from Space Patrol Command. Space date 12.22218. Damn, this is old. Intelligence reports indicate a Venusian covert ops team will be in your vicinity soon. Oh, great. Preliminary sources believe that they are attempting to conduct a secret weapons test on your crew members. What? Be on the lookout for Venusian interlopers. Capture if you can. Destroy if you must. Uh, geez, thanks for the heads up. A little Space late, huh? Command out. Based on that timeline, the the Venusians could already be here. I mean, this message yeah. is over three months old. Exactly. I mean, what the hell? Why are they taking forever to send us four month or three months old messages? I mean, what the hell? It's because the Martians huh? have been damaging the communication satellite array. Oh, Dr. Lear. Ordinarily, we could get messages much faster, but now, without the satellite array network set up as it was intended, it could take weeks and now even months before we can get messages. Yeah, that's just great. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, we're lucky we're still alive here. The Minutias could have killed oh, us already. Well, the Minutians and the Martians, we have already won the war. We wouldn't yes. Well, but see, if my experiment is successful, there will be a new means of communication far superior. Relay satellites. Yeah, that's great. But in the meantime, we got some psycho Venusian bitches out there trying to murder us all. Well, at least our communication in our near vicinity still works well. I just got word from Mr. Spot. Oh, good. Let's hear it. Bubba. Hey, Spot. What's been going on at Moonbase Miranda? Not much, because everyone there is dead. Oh, what? No, Except for no, one survivor, no, whom I suspect has guilty knowledge of the deed or may actually be the perpetrator because it appears everyone at Moonbase Miranda was murdered through the use of germ warfare. Duh, there you go. That's the Venusian secret weapon and we couldn't warn Moonbase Miranda because their phone service sucks. Is this true? Was Moonbase Miranda the victim of a Venusian attack? What's with this hybrid Catwoman named Pristine Cathedral? Is she guilty of this mass murder? Well, those questions and perhaps others will be answered in the next exciting episode of... Bubba Stargon and the Uranus Patrol! Bubba Stargon and the Uranus Patrol is written and performed by me, Douglas Nelson, with music provided by Kevin McLeod and other public domain sources. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. 
say, friends, want to watch a movie with your old pal, Mr. Nelson? Well, you can. Or, well, you can have the experience. All you got to do is head over to Sillify.com slash Nelson and download one of the films that I've given my poor man's Mystery Science Theater treatment to. Such films like Moon of the Wolf. It stars David Jansen of the Fugitive fame, who plays a Louisiana sheriff that, while investigating the grisly murder of a young woman ostensibly by a pack of wild dogs, romances the aging town slut. Later on, a werewolf is overwhelmed by the sheriff's rancid flatulence. Also a part of this baggage deal, Flash Gordon attempts to rescue Dr. Zarkov, but the doctor would rather stay as Ming's prisoner while wearing a dress. Warning! Due to an extreme lack of talent, bathroom humor is deployed throughout the film. So head over to cellfight.com slash Nelson and download this little treasure for only a buck seventy-five. Be there now. And now, get ready for Star Trash, featuring your favorite cosmic heroes, Captain Bob Brownstar. Genzo Conti, the half-man, half-lowland gorilla, and our favorite plumber android, Kinsel the John. And now, join them as they search for adventure, collecting the garbage of space aboard the starship Blue Cheese. Captain's Log. <laughs> well, we're back on course after we had to leave Spacey Pressman at the hospital space station. You see, she got sodomized by a water pork in the alien world we visited last week. Also, Genzo Conti had to get dipped for fleas again. Hey, bub, we're getting a message from Admiral Artie Quitter. Well, don't just stand there with shit in your hands, Genzo. Put him on the screen. Hey, bub. Hey, Artie, what's going on, brother? Well, uh, Bob, it seems we got some reports that... Oh, shit, a lot of asteroids are heading this way, so, uh, you're the only ship out there to deal with it, so we need you to investigate and uh, come up with a plan to get rid of those asteroids. So, uh, yeah, take care, brush your hair. All right, Genzo. See what you can find out about these, uh, these asteroids. Uh, uh it's asteroids, Pop. Ooh, I don't care. Who gives a shit? Yeah, I guess we gotta go fix the universe's hemorrhoids if they're asteroids. <laughs> You're unbelievable, Kinsel. Uh, have you sold for spare parts? Kinsel. Kinsel the John. Huh. Huh. Weird. Is that you? Yes, Kinsel. It turns out you're not far wrong. You must use the cosmic plunger to save the universe. Hey, Bob, it looks like uh, all these asteroids are coming out of this black hole. Yeah, Genzo, I don't want to hear any weird stories about what whores you hooked up with over the weekend. No, no, no. Well, we'll get Nelson and the computer to deal with it. Hey, he'll explain it. The analysis shows that this black hole has somehow prolapsed and is now going in reverse. Normally, a black hole's gravitational pull would suck everything into it. But instead, this is pushing everything away, including this massive load of asteroids. Wait a minute! How the hell did some cosmic asshole prolapse? Although nothing conclusive has been substantiated, 
The most popular theory holds that as the black hole's coordinates match those of the last known location of the Penetra-class starship Norton, it is possible that a collision between the ship and the hole somehow caused this current predicament. Let's see these asteroids on the screen. Whoa. It looks like a giant turd. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what I was going to say, because <laughs> that's what it is. What are you talking about? This little thing calls for a plumbing solution. And, well, <laughs> that's my area of expertise. <laughs> I thought your expertise was laughing at yourself. Yeah, whatever. I'm getting bored with this bullshit. All right, kids, so what do you got there? Well, uh, a great legendary wit. Oh, Jesus. Uh, he left me with this cosmic plunger thing. It's just a prop. No, no, no. It's got magical powers and shit. And, uh, <laughs> I gotta use it to fuel some, uh, plunger, to some plunger torpedoes that, uh, <laughs> we can launch into the hole. <laughs> and it'll reverse the hole and suck all the, the, the star turds back into it. <laughs> yeah, damn it, Kinsu. That's stupid enough to work. What? Where? What? Really? And so, Kinsel the John, android custodian, worked feverishly on outfitting the Astro torpedoes into the shape of toilet plungers. And when ready... Okay, guys. <laughs> All right, Ginzo. Shoot the shit. And amazingly, the blue cheese fired off his torpedoes as it flew directly into... The cosmic anomaly known as a prolapsed black hole. Wow, what do you know? Look at that. All the turds are being sucked back into the hole. Yeah, but, uh, so are we. Oh, man, we're going down with the rest of the shit. Kinsel, get your ass up here. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I guess, uh, we worked hard, so, uh, <laughs> the rest of the universe didn't have to. Will Bob Brownstar be sucked into the asshole of the universe? Did Ginzo get all the fleas taken care of back at the hospital? And what about Ginzo the John? Is the whip a real person or just his deranged imaginary friend? Tune in next time for another adventure of Star Trek! You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. So, the Orville is back with the episode Deflectors. Yeah, so, uh, I guess it's not too much of a, a copyright or a trademark strike to uh, call their shields deflector shields. I guess Star Trek could not claim that word. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, basically what they're doing... Is another episode of On the Ship, and hey, I understand because sci-fi shows are expensive, so you got to figure out how to uh, lessen the cost by just making use of a set you've already built. Plus, they uh, made use of a 1945 era set. I, I I don't know where they keep these things, but there it was. Uh, it opens up on the uh, the holodeck. I mean, the simulator deck where Commander Kelly breaks up with her boyfriend. Now, there was nothing really leading up to this in the other episodes, not much, but it just suddenly happens because they want to move on, and I don't know. Are they going to get her and Mercer back together? Oh, I hope so! Yeah, whatever. Uh, so, but uh, the real bit of the story 
is uh, yet another callback to an old uh, Next Generation story. Now, I would caution them on doing this uh, to be to do so direct uh, a redone uh, script idea where here they return to the Mocklin Society and it's a metaphor for a societal uh, rejection or acceptance of homosexuality. And they did that in Star Trek The Next Generation uh, with a story in which uh, there was this species that uh, they decided to become a unisex society. So they would deny their male and female selves and they would all be one uh, entity, if you will, and they all looked alike and everything and all that sort of thing. Uh, but one of them felt uh, she couldn't deny her female leanings and, and uh, uh, fell in love with Riker, and he fell in love with her. And then, oh, but it didn't work. The society said this is condemned, and they brainwashed her into rejecting him, and it was all very sad. Here you have a similar situation where this uh, brilliant Mocklin engineer comes aboard the Orville to test out new deflector shields, and they do, and it works out, and, oh, he's a genius and all this sort of thing. But it turns out uh, he was an old boyfriend of Bordas. <laughs> and it, 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 whenever they can make use of Bordas and his family, it's always comedy gold. <laughs> so the guy shows up, has dinner with Bordas and uh, Clyden and their, uh, their son, uh, Topa. And, of course, this also calls back to things of what happened with Topa, who was going to be a girl, but, but under their society, no, there's no females anymore. We're all to be male, and so that's what it is. Well, it turns out this engineer, uh, he's attracted to females, but he has to keep it secret. And if he does it, oh, he could be executed uh, because it's you know, really rejected there. So, of course, we later learned that the reason he and Bordas broke up was for that very reason. Bordas actually caught him with a woman, and but uh, out of his uh, care for the man, he decided to just keep it secret, and they went their separate ways and all that. And so that was the, the difficulty between the two of them. And uh, Clyden was playing it up and all this stuff, but he, didn't, he, he begins to realize what the real problem is because uh, Lokar is attracted to their new... Uh, security chief Kaeli, and uh, she feels the same way. She's immediately checking him out and everything, and so it's pretty obvious where this is going. And uh, Clyden catches all of this and confronts uh, Lokar, and then Lokar is apparently murdered. And so there's a little mystery. But once again, this also calls back to uh, holodeck uh, stories and whatnot on, on Next Generation. And so when I said I cautioned them on this, is that it, it, it gets to be too much of reproducing what they did. Now, this story goes in a different direction, but it, it's the same metaphor and it's the same idea of why can't this guy just live the way he wants to. Uh, the the Mocklin planet wants to condemn him and possibly execute him. Uh, why couldn't he just go on, it, it could leave? It's a spacefaring society. He could go be with some woman somewhere. Uh, but they're all outraged about it, and that's how their society is. Of course, Bordas, you know, he's explaining about what they went through to survive as a species has made it to this point, even though Bordas himself understands because he protected this man. And it also... Uh, Kaeli confronts him about what happened to his his son, his daughter now son you know and he he burnt, he explodes you know? <laughs> and, but it's all and, and it's the seriousness of it and they do perform it well uh, I'm a little cold to Kaeli's performance the actress playing her I, maybe she'll grow into it uh, but 
but all in all, the cast is good, and they they bring this together, and they're able to tell their story. But on the other hand, I wish they would come from look for some more original ideas and and stories. Of course, they wanted to delve into this this question and uh, the metaphor and what have you that Star Trek had always done, and so this show will do it too. But it's not much different, you know. The the scenario ends differently. There's a murder mystery here, and there's you know all that sort of thing. Uh, we don't really see the final fate of Lokar. Uh, he's not brainwashed or lobotomized or whatever. But that's how it happens. Now, what saves it, of course, is the again the back to the performances. Even though Kylie was uh, a little weak, I thought at the end she did well. Uh, when she ends up having to save Clyden from the murder charge, as it turns out. He was not murdered. And you can pretty much figure this out immediately. I didn't quite know how he pulled it off, but the guy's a super engineer, and he was able to fake his death, which was his plan to just run. And uh, and he fixes it to where Clyden looks to be the murderer, uh, but uh, that was just his manipulating the uh, simulator program that set it up and made it look like Clyden had done it. So Kaeli uh, saves Clyden from, the con- from being accused of the crime, and uh, he thanks her for that, but she's like, go to hell, I don't like you. <laughs> because uh, if he hadn't have been so bigoted, uh, Lokar wouldn't have been in this position. Lokar, on the other hand, is mad at Kaeli and blames on her because she finds him. Uh, he's made himself invisible, and he's hiding on the ship, and all this stuff, and they search for him. But um, he comes across as kind of an asshole at the end. Now, you understand his position is a bad one and all that, but he takes it out on her to this, uh, all of this. Uh, where he's, and she says, well, look, just, just declare uh, uh, asylum and you know, Captain Mercer will give it to you, which it seemed like the obvious solution. He says, more hiding? No, I will go home and face them. And he's like, but you just faked your death to escape. So yeah, that's a bit of a problem, too. Uh, it doesn't quite make sense and uh, you know, why he reaches that conclusion and when your your whole plan was to uh, to fake your death, blame it on Clyden, and then escape by hiding. <laughs> so, so I, I I don't know. I the asylum seemed like the more reasonable uh, conclusion, and then he he could have a relationship with uh, Kaeli. So, uh, it, so there's just some weaknesses here, but overall the performances I think save it because man, it's a fairly good cast. And uh, Bordis is always funny, even when it's very serious and sad, too. Uh, but but uh, they do a good job with it. So uh, this one is three out of five stars. There's too much of this uh, adapting uh, Star Trek, actual Star Trek episodes, and uh, uh, and uh, also the weaknesses within the whole plot. I don't quite, I don't think the Lokar's solution here qu- quite worked out, and I don't know that he would reject uh, asylum i think he would have uh, taken the offer uh but uh so there you go and then oh it leaves you on a nod oh are kelly and mercer still a thing uh yeah yeah they are <laughs> so, but um as the world turns on uh, uh, starship orville well it, it is a soap opera in space but then a lot of aspects of star trek were and orville is no different um, it just happens on episodic television anyways. There's elements of soap operas wherever you go. So that's that's the way it works. All right. Three out of five stars for the Orville Deflectors. And there you have it. Another episode of the Mr. Nelson Show. Uh, 
had really bad headaches in the past few days, and so, uh, this is pretty much all you're gonna get. At least you got a new episode of Bubba Stargon, and, uh, of course, the reviews for Orville and, uh, Star Trek Discovery were already videos, but, uh, it's still new. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, and the, the, I didn't do a red and lefty review of anything because, again, headaches, and, uh, every now and then, it's just enough already. <laughs> uh, so Trump pulled the trigger on the emergency powers. There's people panicking. Oh, no, now the Democrats can do it, too. They've already done it. It's been going on since Carter. Uh, and if Trump hadn't done it, so the next Democratic president would, oh, well, now I can't do it. Besides, it's only a matter of getting funding. It's not going to give a president super imperial powers to where they can force anything without Congress. That's not how that works. So, yeah, whatevs. And besides, if there's all these super court challenges and whatnot, that's going to cripple the power to begin with. So <laughs> if the Democrats do that, uh, then they'll have to go through more hoops and uh, whatever obstacle course to get back to the power again. So it, it so it's you know it's interesting to watch, I suppose. Uh, the uh, Jesse Smollett story that's not well. It, it, it looks like a hoax to me. It looks like the perpetrators were friends of his. So what does that tell you? Um. So oh, I've been summoned for jury duty. Now this doesn't start till the fourth. The first uh. uh appointment is uh the 4th of march so probably gonna get a lot of best of nelson if you get anything at all depending on where this goes i mean who knows i might even end up being sequestered i don't know but uh so that'll start in march and uh so just be aware of that and i guess i'll be looking to uh fix up some best of shows to just have them ready to go and uh hope it's enough so that's the way that works <laughs> um no new update on the mercedes case i looked um and i didn't see any announcements or anything i looked at the local news venues out there and didn't see anything she was supposed to have had a court appearance on the 14th which i assume happened it just wasn't documented anywhere that i could find so uh, so that's that. I don't know what else. If something else comes up, uh, well, then I'll I'll re re mention it here. But uh, other than that, they got nothing else to say on it. So there you go. We'll have to see what happens. Uh, should we be shown what happens? <laughs> I don't know. So I think that'll do it. Yeah, I think I'll go relax and stuff like that. Uh, I'll see you next time. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Views and opinions expressed during the Mr. Nelson show do not necessarily reflect those held by RadioMisfits.com. So, any complaints and or comments should be sent to at Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they will be promptly ignored and blocked.